and I'm live. Recording on Substack for I Disagree with Martin Johnstone is available on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and on my Substack, where you can get special bonus episode, episode 10. This is episode 12 of I Disagree with Martin Johnstone. And what I'm talking about for the last week was archetypes, and I went on a little bit too long. And this week, I'm going to try to be a little bit pithier, and I'm going to be a little bit more direct because I'm trying to capture a very important point, which is that the history of the world as we have been told it, the history of the world that we have been given, the history of the world that we have been taught, the history of the world that we have been programmed to believe, um, differs from person to person, from place to place, from time to time. And I would like to offer my list of the most important things that have happened in human history that have affected us, not necessarily affected me, but what I think have essentially affected us. And some of them are things that we learn about in school, and some of them are things that we do not learn about in school, and that's part of the point of making this list now. Because this is a time when they're out burning books, and this is a time when people are you know, essentially trying to limit uh, the growth of the mind and the growth of curiosity and the um, intellect and the intelligence and the uh, creativity of every generation that exists on Earth right now. Period. End of story. Um, there is a war against um, intellectualism, and there is a war against thought. And there war is a war against comprehension, and I am perfectly willing to fight um, to fight in that war on the side of creative intellectual freedom that does not include hate as a part of its ideology. So let's begin. So. As far as I'm concerned, um, it is Imhotep in 2780 BC, building the first pyramid that essentially starts the history of the world as we know it today. Why? Because it was the greatest innovation of its time. It is still one of the greatest innovations in history. And we still don't necessarily understand the true logic and the true nature of being able to build them, which, guess what? Some people do, some people don't. There are a lot of theories out there. I would essentially say that it doesn't matter what, um, how he built them. It's the fact that he did. And then we go directly to the year zero when Jesus was born. We go to the year 33 when Jesus died. We go to year 44 when Peter finally made it to Rome and started what we now know to be um, the Catholic Church, who will show up later obviously because they were part of the um, setting up the Holy Roman Empire. In either 272, 274, or 280, you're going to find that Constantine was born. And of course, Constantine, son of Helena, uh, became emperor and sent out the Roman army to um, attack the uh, Byzantine Empire um, and sack uh, Istanbul, and it became Constantinople in the year 330. Fast forward, it's about the year 1090 when we start to see the origins of the word assassin, the Hashashin, who are led by um, Hassan il-Sabah. 
And that is the old man of the mountain. And that basically begins to set up what we have now as an understanding of why the Middle East um, is essentially the way it is. Of course, that's followed not very quickly, uh, about 100 years later, by the murder of Benedict of York at King Richard I's coronation. Uh, this is strong stuff. Fast forward, uh, Bosch is born, Hieronymus Bosch is born in 1450, and uh, in 1453, um, Constantinople falls. And the Ottoman Turks take it over and it becomes Istanbul once again. So in 1454, um, essentially came the printing of the Gutenberg Bible, which is the weapon that essentially uh, Christendom and Christianity used to retaliate against the fall of Constantinople. In 1456, you have Gomez de Zarara. Remember his name because he is the one that codified, cultured, and created the concept of race. And he did so in his book, The Chronicle and the, of the Discovery and Conquest of Guinea, where he made it perfectly clear that the people that he found on Guinea were less than the people that he existed. And this began the incredible and unbelievable journey to the idea that it is by divine right that um, slavers were correct in doing what they did because they had the blessings of God and the inhuman people that were darker and were savages and were unable to have the same culture um, and the same belief set that um, the Portuguese, the Spanish, the British, the French, um, <laughs> and the Dutch, uh, and every other country that traded slaves uh, had. So you get very quickly to 1492 and Columbus and his journey to Hispaniola. And then, of course, you have in 1541, well, both 1541 and 1567, the Spanish actually went to southwest Virginia and northeast Tennessee. And they did not colonize it. They, they left, um, probably having wreaked some havoc and um, meeting Native Americans, indigenous people, uh, when they did that. And then, of course, Angola became a Portuguese colony in 1575. You're going to want to remember that because in 1607, the Earl of Dun Dunham created Jamestown. And, of course, <laughs> in 1619, a band of pirates hijacked a Portuguese ship and took um, are um, open to. And that kind of denial is what we, one of the things that we fight against on a regular basis even today. So in 1925, both Malcolm X and Medgar Evers were born. In 1929, you have Martin Luther King Jr. is born. And there is the October stock market crash that, of course, started the Great Depression. In 1931, in Germany, two years later, there is a bank um, in Germany called the Danik Bank, and that collapses. And that is the domino, the first domino that essentially leads to the invasion of Poland uh, eight years later in 1939, and obviously the rise of power um, of the Nazi party that happened uh, in between those two times. In 1945, you've got VE Day, Hiroshima, and Nagasaki, which, of course, are the most significant acts of war um, in the history of all warfare. 
And then you've got um, 1953, Stalin is dead. Right. So um, you have to remember that Truman, he needed to make a point to Stalin and say, look, don't mess with us at Potsdam. We, we're we're going to negotiate about Germany. But the truth of the matter is, is that I don't want you to mess around with us. And I need you to know what kind of power the United States has. Truman made a dire mistake, used Fat Man and Little Boy on Hiroshima and Nagasaki to prove to Stalin that he did have the bomb and he did have the power. And of course, that started the Cold War. So. One of the things we have to be very careful of is missing that point and understanding that from this point on, essentially, you've still got a Cold War going while Stalin is dead. And, of course, Khrushchev takes over, and that's when it really, really goes crazy because, of course, JFK beats Nixon in 1960. JFK is murdered in 1963 after the Bay of Pigs. And then in 1964, Lyndon Johnson is the president that oversees the enactment of the Civil Rights Act. Now, that doesn't essentially do what you know, a lot of people might say that it should have done. Because the interesting thing is that in 1776, yes, there was the War of Independence, and a lot of slaves were freeing themselves by running away and going to fight for the British. And then in 1787, the Continental Congress um, essentially wrote the Constitution and said that slavery would be dead uh, by 1808, so 20 years later, they're writing the Constitution. Um, But the interesting thing about that is you have to remember that out of Virginia and into southern states, there were more slaves, about a quarter of a million to 350,000 slaves were sold further south, the southern states. Um, and, th- and, and this is what essentially set up everything that was about to happen with the Civil War, Jefferson Davis, and leading to the secession and the idea that the United States was divided. Okay, and 1964 is when, you know, is when there is a pretty serious um, moment in time when you, you start to realize very quickly when you look at the way the world was unfolding that this is a time when all of a sudden you saw that the entire history of the world up to that point had basically led to finding a balance and trying to erase what Gomez de Zorara had written. So, of course, you know, equal rights, civil rights, etc. I mean, this is trying to recover humanity, right? Um, 1972, Nixon is uh, elected and SALT won the Strategic Arms Limitation Treaty one is signed. Um, in 1975, Gerald Ford, who is now president because Nick Richard Nixon resigned, um, he cuts the first Mount Sinai deal between Israel and Egypt. I'll tell you why that's important in a minute, because in 1978, Carter also cut, um, finalized the Mount Sinai peace treaty that he, Ford and Kissinger had started in 1975 with an interim deal. And here's the reason why. From that point, Israel and Egypt are the largest recipients of foreign assistance and foreign aid from the United States of America. And essentially, it's because of the signing of that deal in 1978. That's up until very, very recently. Okay, the, the 45th president of the United States, whose name I avoid saying as much as I possibly can, essentially made sure that the Israel and Egypt continued, no longer were the largest recipients of foreign aid and foreign assistance. And it was actually Iraq that um, were being paid the most uh, from 2016 to um, 
2020. And the reason why that was true is because they were trying to pull out of Iraq and fund the wars or the um, special operations, the Nadir operations, the non-proliferation, anti-terrorism, um, demining, and related projects, incidents that have been taking place in uh, Syria, Yemen, Lebanon, um, and across the Middle East. So in 1979, you have the Strategic Arab Limitations Treaty 2 that is signed, and this is what really kicks off um, the idea. So just, just as a slight aside, Noriega, um, there was a coup in Panama in 1981, and Noriega finally consolidates power and seizes power in 1983. And if you know anything about um, the U.S. war on drugs um, after the Reagan landslide in 1984 um, and, the and the election of Gorbachev in 1985, you know, you've also got the Miami River Cops in 1985, and this is and this is at the height of Miami Vice's popularity, and this is, but, but this, you know, this is a culmination of everything that's going on in Los Angeles at the time. In 1986, that's when the Mercury News started to publish their articles revealing the CIA relationship with um, the uh, inflow of drugs into South Central Los Angeles and well, Los Angeles in general and the United States to fund the illegal wars. Um, my version, and I hope that you have a great rest of your day. I'll be back next week with another episode of I Disagree with Martin Johnstone. Thank you very much, and good night.